Welcome to your Truth Revealed video podcast, sharing the power of self-knowledge. I'm Erica Marcoux. Episode one, Know Your Contribution is the first part of an interview with Dr. Art Markman. This interview helps you make a contribution and change your behavior to successfully accomplish it. All of season one helps you to be your own health expert as I interview industry professionals to explore your hidden mental and physical health potential. I'm with Dr. Art Markman, who is a professor of psychology and marketing at the University of Texas at Austin. He is the co-host of the radio show and podcast, Two Guys on Your Head, produced by KUT. He's on the advisory boards for the Dr. Phil Show and the Dr. Oz Show. He is the author of Smart Thinking, Habits of Leadership, and Smart Change, which is the focus of this podcast today. One of the things about habit is habits are memories that relate the situation you're in to the action you're going to take. Thank you for joining us. Oh, Eric, it's great to be here. (laughs) It's good to have you here. The primary reason I want to have this interview is to help people make a contribution and change their behavior in order to accomplish it. What is a contribution and why is that important? If you think about the things you do in your life, some of the things you do are just small tasks that have to get done. You wash the dishes after dinner, you answer the phone because it rang, you don't necessarily think of those activities as being the highlight of your last month or your last year. When you think about what have I accomplished, what have I really done, those are usually bigger things. Someone might say they wrote a book or they helped someone to learn something new or they transformed a business, whatever it was, those are those big things that they look at. Those are what we call a contribution. And that's actually a term that goes back to Peter Drucker, who is sometimes called the original management guru. He made a distinction between what he called achievements and contributions, where achievements are just the things you do day to day. The contributions are the things you look back on as the big accomplishments that you care about. And when I think about contribution, I think about other people, how you're benefiting your community. Is that the same kind of idea when you're talking about this kind of contribution? Certainly it can be. When you look back on the things that you did that are really important, often what makes those important are the impact that those actions had on other people. Mm -hmm. Now, occasionally, the contribution might be something really significant to your own life. Contributions, as you said, it's accomplishing a much larger scale goal that makes a difference in an individual and or organization or society. How could someone come up with maybe a description of what a contribution would be to them? The beauty of any kind of goal like this is that there's a lot of individuality to it. We get to make a decision about what is it that we really want to, to be known for or, or to believe about ourselves in the long run. And one of the great things to do is to look at your life and imagine yourself at the end of your life 
and then look back and ask yourself, what do I wish that I had done that I haven't yet achieved? Doing that, that exercise allows you to say, gosh, when I get to the point where I really am looking back on my life, here are some of the things that I might regret not having done if I don't really change the way that I'm acting now. And that provides a really nice basis for saying, you know what, while I still have the time and the energy to do things, let me make sure that I knock that potential regret off the list. Right. <laughs> Looking at it yeah. in terms of a regret. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the examples that you used in your book was about students that were coming up with their thesis or what they wanted to focus on. And when they really took a harder look at it, sometimes it really wasn't the contribution that they wanted to make. And they had to refocus that. So yeah. I think it's so important to pick the right contribution for you. That's yeah. right. I, and, and to periodically reevaluate. I mean, every once in a while, you start down a path and then you look back on how things are going. And either where you end up isn't as important to you as you thought it was going to mm -hmm. be, or the amount of effort and what you have to give up to make that contribution isn't really worth it. Right. And that there are other things that you could do that would be more doable and more appropriate for you. And, and maybe more enjoyable. And more enjoyable. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's interesting. There's been a lot of discussion over the last several years about the concept of grit. Okay. And Angela Duckworth, a psychologist at uh, the University of Pennsylvania, wrote a very popular book, had a very popular TED Talk, arguing that one of the things that makes people successful is grit, which is the passionate persistence towards a particular goal. And, and unfortunately, I think she's only half right. Okay. That is, it is important to be willing to put effort in on tasks that are difficult and to have that excitement and passion for it. But it is equally important to be willing to take a very hard look at what you're doing and be willing to walk away from things that really aren't working out. And the most successful people do not bang their head against a wall over and over again if that wall isn't going to budge. Right. They, they, they are also very good at recognizing the opportunities that aren't really there and moving on and doing something productive with that time. And, you know, as, as the old Kenny Rogers song that said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> that was uh, the first concert I ever went to. Really? It was Kenny Rogers. There so there you go. Yeah. I liked his hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing that you discuss in the book is that people who make a contribution take their routine seriously. Yeah. The thing about contributions are they're big picture goals yeah. that you don't make your contribution in one shot. It's, it's the accumulation of action over time that leads to that contribution. And the only way that you can really sustain the set of actions that you need to take long enough to make that contribution is to create a set of routines that allow you to continually engage in the actions you need to engage in. I talk a little bit in the in the book about Stephen King, mm -hmm. who seems to drop a new book about every 30 seconds. I think probably at some point in our discussion, he will have launched a new right. book. <laughs> the way that he does that is that he gets up every day and he writes. And then at some point a book is finished and then he starts working on the next one. And I think it's really important to recognize that it is those routines that are absolutely crucial for success. And it's habit. 
That's right. And that's that's a a large part of what this book is about. And my interpretation of it, it's understanding what the contribution is that perhaps I want to make and then developing habits around that contribution that hopefully I'm engaging in every day. And so I'm not using as much brain energy, which we'll get to. Right. And then it just becomes habitual and making sure that I'm just still on that same path to making the contribution that I want to make. Yeah. And I think the only other thing you have to add to those habits is really taking seriously the obstacles. Because I think, you know, a lot of times what derails us is that we don't really think through, well, this is what could go wrong. And when you don't pay attention to those obstacles, you run the risk of not being prepared for them when they inevitably arise. Right. The most successful people aren't the ones who never make mistakes or never face an obstacle. They are the ones who learn the most from the mistakes. They're the ones who manage those obstacles in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. It's well worth being really mindful of all of the things that can go wrong, not to talk yourself out of doing things, but to be ready for them when they come along. You had mentioned that to me about a year ago, and I wrote an article about that, that worrying and planning are different. That's right. The worrying can actually impede you from even making your contribution or achieving your goal. But if you look at what those obstacles are and you incorporate it and you plan for it, right. that's a whole different ballgame. Right, exactly right. So you want to take that capacity you have for worry and turn it into a positive. Be aware and be prepared mm-hmm. rather than putting yourself in a position where you say, well, I, I probably can't do this. Yeah, where you talk yourself yeah. out of it completely. There are three aspects of making your goals more specific. Think about actions you can take. Right. Can you speak to that a bit more? One of the things about habit is habits are memories that relate the situation you're in to the action you're going to take. In order to develop habits, you have to have a set of memories of actions that you've taken. Well, here's the problem. A lot of times when we define the goal that we really want to achieve, we start out by defining it negatively. We hear people say, I'm going to eat less this year or I'm going to check my email less often. The problem is when you frame the goal in that negative way, you are talking actually about actions you're not going to take rather than actions you're going to take. But the problem is that your habit system only learns actions. It doesn't learn inaction. And in fact, if you have an action you're taking habitually, the habit system is going to keep suggesting that action unless you learn a different action. You can't say to yourself, I'm going to eat less. What you can say is, I'm going to put a smaller portion of food on my plate, and then I'm going to put the rest away in the refrigerator. Which is a different action. Right. So now you're taking a set of actions that, as a side effect, turn out to be the goal that you wanted. You're eating less food, but not because you are trying to do something less often, but because the set of actions that you take lead to the desired outcome. One of the examples that I really liked that you shared in the book was learning how to play the saxophone as Mm -hmm. an adult. Right. And your goal was to be in a band within 10 years of starting that process, right? That's right. I think my real goal was that in 10 years, I wouldn't be horrible. Okay. (laughs) And then if if it turned out that I I was actually able to play in a band, all the better. Yeah. 
Well, you but met your goal. I did. Yeah. I did. Yes. I actually started playing as part of the house band of a blues jam in my ninth year of playing the sax. Nice. And now, now I'm playing in another band. In yeah. a ska band. In a ska band. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> How could you even break down thinking about the actions that you can take towards that example of learning how to play the saxophone? The idea of learning to play the saxophone is it's too abstract. There's no specific action you take that suddenly you know how to play the saxophone. I mean, unless you're in the Matrix. Well, right. you get the thing jacked in your head and then, and then you know, I know Kung Fu. That was his, his Neo's line, right? One of the things that you, that you can do is to think, well, what do I need to do? Well, I'm going to need to practice regularly. So now I need to know, well, when is my practice time going to be? And where is it going to be? And who am I going to be bothering if I do this? If I'm going to practice in the evening, what was I doing at that time? Am I going to have to shift anything in my life around in order to make sure that I have the time to do this? You really have to take seriously the constraints on your life. And you have to be realistic. A middle school student or a high school student who gets a passion for a musical instrument might very well have three hours a day to devote to their craft and might be able to become a virtuoso musician in a short period of time. Honestly, if you're in your mid-30s, which I was when I took up the saxophone, I had a young child and a full-time job, there were not three hours a day that I was going to be able to spend. But, you know, if I could find even a half hour in the evening to play, that would accumulate over time, which is why I gave myself the 10-year time horizon <laughs> to learn to play. It was a realistic goal. Uh, absolutely. And there's so much thought that goes into creating these new behaviors that we may not even think about until we're actually faced with it. Yeah. In my experience, once I've made those decisions and determined in my world the who, what, where, when, and how of it, and then it becomes a habit, it's like a no-brainer. Right. And then I'm just doing it, and it's an automatic at that point. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into that There path. is. And this is why New Year's resolutions fail so often. I mean, a lot of times people make a New Year's resolution and they immediately think I got to get to work on this. And then what happens is they don't put in the effort to think about, you know, who they need to engage, what the actions are going to be, when they're going to do them, what the obstacles are, and to take seriously the, the real complexity right. of change. And it's only when you do that and ultimately then perform the actions mm -hmm. enough times that they become habits that, that you can succeed, which is why so many times people end up making the same resolution year after year after year. I'm trying to create a new holiday. This has been my new kick. We're not going to stop people from making New Year's resolutions, nor should we. I think it's good to take a look back on your life and find those systematic failures that are a signal that you might want to make a change. But don't feel like you have to implement the resolution on the day that you decide this is what you ah. want to do. It takes about eight weeks to really do the work of thinking through it's everything planning. that you need to do, planning, getting ready for it, even maybe trying a few things. And so what I'd like to do is to separate the day you commit to the resolution from the day that you actually begin to implement that resolution. Okay. It's like, here's my holiday. You I like with, this. Got to um, work with me on yeah. this, okay? What I'm telling people is make your resolution on New Year's Day. And this is bad dad joke coming, okay? Okay. On March 4th. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's the day you start to implement it. Okay, so on March 4th, there we go. Um, Got it. Then that's New Year's resolution implementation. Well, I'm going to use that. Yeah. 
I don't need credit for it. I just wish someday <laughs> if people talk about March 4th as being the day I'm marching forth today, then I'm going to be a happy guy. That's funny. We're back to the obstacles. Yes. We all overcome obstacles. They will happen, whether they're internal or external. And there are many obstacles to success in general. I just watched an Ellen DeGeneres special, and mm-hmm. she talked about several obstacles that she experienced throughout her career, starting right. in her early 20s. That's part of her success. It's part right. of her story. Positive thinking alone will not successfully change behavior. Right. And I say this to my clients constantly, and they think that I'm being maybe negative, and I say, no, that I'm being realistic. Because just thinking positive doesn't incorporate the reality that we live in. That's right. Real significant behavior changes, two steps forward, one step back. Mm -hmm. And it's what you do on the days that you took a step back that determine whether you're going to succeed. Those steps back are always going to happen. And so what you want to do is to recognize from the beginning, it's not always going to be a downhill ride towards Success. Uh, success. If it were going to be a downhill <laughs> ride uh, all the way, then then you'd, you'd have already succeeded, right? There's I mean, nothing to accomplish. Right. And everyone would do it. But what you want to do instead is to recognize, okay, there are going to be days when things don't go well. Mm-hmm. That's not a signal that I'm a bad person. It's not a signal that I'm a failure. Right. It's a signal that something went wrong. And so now it's a learning opportunity. It's that chance to take a step back and say, what happened? What went wrong? What can I do differently the next time? Can I plan for this so that when I encounter a situation like this one in the future, I know what's going to happen? And then I get myself ready to try again. Obviously, if you continue to fail over and over and over again, that's the point at which you might want to take a step back and ask yourself whether you're on the right path. Maybe you need a new contribution at that point. That's right. We have to recognize that there are going to be steps back. I mean, anyone who's tried to lose weight has had days where they looked in the mirror and they thought, I'm not making any progress. Or you're trying to get in shape and then you start running and you find yourself out of breath after 30 seconds, even though you had run a mile the day before or two days before, and you think, I can't do this. Those are the days where you need to remind yourself it isn't always in one direction. And it can't be. And when you take the physical body, you know, you might be developing an illness or fighting a cold that day. Exactly. And you shouldn't be performing the way you would have when you're completely healthy. And we're organisms, right? We are. Sometimes things just happen and they don't even necessarily need to have an explanation right i just had a bad day (laughs) yeah but what am i going to do about that on the day i can't run maybe i should walk a mile what are the things that i can do to make the days that don't go as well as i wanted them to still as productive as possible and it's so much more a process rather than the static form of success that i sometimes think that we get in our minds it's more your day-to-day process And it's really important to find a process you enjoy. And this is another piece to it, because I think a lot of times we think, you know what, what's going to make me happy is to reach this end goal. When I've written a book, that's when I'm going to be happy. When I successfully start this company, then I'm going to be happy. As opposed to saying, you know what, today's a day. Am I doing some things today that make me happy that also put me on the road towards making this contribution where if I wake up every day excited to get up and do the things that I do because I enjoy them, then 
reaching that contribution is just another piece of that. It's not that you're not going to be happy until you reach the goal. You're happy all along the way, and then you get an extra burst of happiness when you achieve the goal. And then you're on to a new goal anyway. Right, exactly. There's a concept from psychology called the hedonic treadmill, Mm. which is this idea that there's this thing we want to achieve, and we think that's going to be the thing. You know, If I get that promotion, then I'm going to be happy or whatever it is. And then you get it. And it does make you happy temporarily. Right. But after a very short period of time, a week, two weeks, a month, that just becomes your life. You're now the person who got that promotion or the person (laughs) who wrote that book or whatever it is. And now it no longer makes you happy. You start looking at the next thing. That's the treadmill. You can't look towards an outcome as being Hmm. the thing that is going to be the determining factor of your happiness. What you have to do instead is to say, I'm going to find a set of actions that I engage in, and those are things that make me happy. And feel satisfied with those actions that you're taking on a daily basis. In fact, the current data suggests, for example, that the people who stick with their exercise program the longest are the ones who enjoy the exercise they're doing. Right. So if you hate the gym... Don't go to the gym for your exercise. I mean, try it for a while. You might learn to love it. But if you've given it three solid months and you hate every machine at the gym, find another way to exercise. If you like the mall, walk around the mall. I really enjoy walking, Mm -hmm. but I really enjoy walking with a good friend Mm -hmm. even more. And so I totally look forward to whoever I'm meeting up with to walk with. And we're having a great discussion. I don't even realize that I'm getting the exercise. I enjoy it. But that's what I look forward to is the companionship. Right. It turns out that exercise you do while you're doing something else you enjoy is still exercise. (laughs) And it's more fun. Exactly. A third aspect of making your goals more specific signs, how you will know you're finished, which we've kind of talked about. Yeah. You want to know, how do I know when I'm done? But also, how do I know if I'm making progress? Okay. I mean, it can be hard, right? Anyone who's ever lost weight, for example, knows that the first couple of pounds are exciting and the last couple of pounds are exciting. And in between, you, you hate the way you look because you think, all right, I've been at this for three months or whatever it is, I should be done already. At that point, you need to be actually getting on a scale every once in a while to make sure that you've got the right trajectory and to remind yourself, yeah, I really am two pounds lighter this week than I was 10 days ago. That checkpoint is markers to success that you establish for yourself. That's right. You want to be able to track that progress. It turns out we live in a very narrow window of now very hard to remember exactly what your life was like even three months ago. What happens is you now look back and you don't remember, oh, three months ago, I could barely walk up a flight of stairs. You don't revel in the achievement that you've made of now being able to climb a set of stairs without being winded. Now you're just thinking, I still don't like the way I look. You want to have those markers of progress along the way so that you don't feel demoralized about that process. I've been in physical therapy and it's hard work and things that I have never done before. A lot of core strength, but I've gotten really disappointed like last week. And my PT trainer said, but look at how far you've come. 
you couldn't yeah. do any of this like right. two weeks ago. I think sometimes having people outside of yourself yeah. to be your buddy and tell you, hey, this yeah. was the achievement or the contribution that you wanted to work towards right. and you're actually doing it. That's right. And I know for me, that's been really helpful to have friends who will reflect that back to me because you're right, it's so hard to keep track of all that. That's right. And you know, the other thing is we are harder on ourselves Absolutely. than other people are. If you had a friend who said, <laughs> God, you know, I've been trying to lose weight and you know, I, I went to the buffet yesterday and I just totally overate. You wouldn't look at your friend and go, well, you may, may as well give up now. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't do that, right? You'd, you'd be like, oh, I get it. So, you know, I, I'm sure that feels terrible. And what are you going to do next time? You'd be very supportive, right? But when it's yourself, you go, oh, I overate at the buffet. I can't do this weight loss thing. I give up. You don't treat yourself mm -hmm. with that same level of compassion that compassion. you treat other people with. Yeah. You have to be willing, A, to find other people to be that source of compassion when you don't have it for yourself. And then every once in a while, you have to be willing to treat yourself at least as well as you would treat someone else. And I, I think self-compassion is so important. That's right. No matter what your goal is or your achievement. That's right. And that is the, a sure way to being happier. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. It's good right. to see you. You too. Yeah. <laughs> Our featured product for this episode is Designs for Health 14-Day Detox. With comprehensive nutritional support, you'll cleanse your liver, kidneys, gallbladder, and GI tract to create a new habit. This detoxification program is gentle and simple to use. Go to your truthreveal.com slash store and use promo code TRUTH for a 20% discount. In response to this interview, I was asked... How do you achieve your goal? Give yourself space and time to daydream, perhaps in meditation, and ask yourself, what do I really want to experience in this life? When you have a deep feeling of connection to this answer and feel joyful imagining it, then you discovered your contribution. A contribution is a larger goal that makes a difference to an individual, organization, or society. And specific goals lead to achievements that then lead to a contribution. I like to imagine my contribution at day one and use reverse engineering to create the necessary goals to reach it. To make the goals specific, one, think about the actions you can take. Two, think about the obstacles. Worrying about these obstacles will only get in your way. Rather, incorporate the obstacles into your plan. Three, define signs so that you know when you've completed your goals. And remember to stay flexible. To achieve any goal, it's important to take your routine seriously. A routine is a sequence of actions that you follow regularly. These actions and changes in behavior can become habits. And I've found that practicing these habits make achieving goals much easier. 
I believe it's so important to also enjoy the whole process of achieving your goal and contribution. Obstacles will happen and some things won't work out the way you planned. And that's okay. It's all part of the journey, right? As philosopher Henry David Thoreau writes, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Episode two is the continuation of this interview with Dr. Art Markman. For more learning, download your free worksheet and join in the discussion. I encourage you to go to your truthreveal.com. Also, please subscribe and add a rating and review at your truth revealed on Apple iTunes. Thank you for listening. I'm Erica Marcoux in Austin, Texas.